So you go downstairs to the fridge and you pull it out and you open it up and you've got a big forkful and you see there's a note and you look at the note and you're like, these brownies contain rat poison. All of a sudden, what was an irresistible <laughs> force, right? You absolutely couldn't stop it, is now easy to put down and you walk away. And that's what God does for us with sin, right? When he shines his light on sin, right, we get to see what it is. We don't feel tempted anymore. It's not any white knuckle willpower stuff. I want you to be able to see in your life what God has planned for you. You're a man of strong passion, a warrior of great courage, designed and created to conquer, to crush it in singleness and marriage to master fatherhood, finance, and health. You were made to reign in life. Gentlemen, thank you for joining me for the Made to Reign podcast brought to you by Made to Reign Org. I am your host, Ray De La Nues, and this is the podcast for young men who want to live a fuller life with richer faith. Today, I'll be joined by Nathan Sutherland, and we're going to explore one of the most distracting parts of a young man's life. Guys, I'm talking about technology. Me and Nathan dive into this conversation so that you would know what it looks like to pursue the gospel while engaging with your phones, with your social media, or with games in healthy ways. You're going to love this episode. By the way, if you want to connect with me, you can find me on Instagram at Ray De La Nuez. That link is going to be down below. Also, if you are new to this podcast, make sure that you hit the subscribe button so that you won't miss any future episodes. Before we get into this week's interview, I want to ask you something. Are you walking around with any unanswered questions, questions that are digging at you, but you don't dare to ask anybody else questions that you're too ashamed or too scared to bring up to anybody else? Well, I want to tell you, we want to hear from you. You can send in any questions to hear from a panel of wise and spirit filled Christian men. Guys, no question is a stupid question. So send yours into made to rain dot org forward slash questions. Again, that's made to rain dot org forward slash questions. We're excited to hear from you. Let's get into this week's show. Nathan, how you doing today, man? Dude, I'm doing real well, right? Thanks for having me today. Because of this entire COVID-19 thing and the lockdowns that are going on, I feel like I cannot put my phone down. And I got to be honest about this because it's not something that I'm like, I'm proud of. I actually feel a little bit of guilt and shame because I feel like I should be paying more attention to my children, be paying more attention to my wife. But this, the ease of connection, communication, all these ideas, everything that's going on in my mind, I'm like, I got to stay connected. I got to stay connected. I got to do this, got to do that. And I just found your resources, found you. And I'm like, this is the man I want to talk to. There's something going on and I just need some advice. So please introduce yourself. Tell us a little bit about you and why I would even ask you to come on here and, and talk about this. Well, thank you for uh, for inviting me on. I'm really excited about this. This is an area of passion for mine. Yeah, we uh, when it comes to the COVID quarantine, the tech piece is, is real with that, right? Like, I check it um, without even thinking. Uh, I, I go to do something that I think was important 20 minutes later, can't remember why I'm there, right? I'm just like scrolling through social media. Uh, my passion in this area is really to help families love God and use tech. Uh, so four years ago, my wife and I started a nonprofit called Flint and Iron. And the idea was sparking positive purpose in youth. Uh, we were both teachers. She was a high school advanced placement English teacher. I was a middle school language arts teacher. Very different worlds. Like 30% of my work is English content. 70% uh, is personal development, 
character talking to kids about who, who do they want to be and who do they plan on becoming and do their choices line up with that? Uh, and so we took that to speaking and then very quickly realized, man, we're bringing in a lot of rules, a lot of really good advice that is helpful, but there's not a lot of ones, anyone speaking into the gospel and specifically talking about if we believe in a God who loves us and who has saved us and who has saved us from our sins for good works, then what does that look like in the world of technology? Like, is that just my thing? Like I serve God out there and then I get kind of like my device and my time and my screen, or is this actually like God's time and screen? And I think that's when it comes to quarantine, what we need to be asking, like, how do I redeem this time? How do I reclaim this and not simply get through quarantine, but like today is a day the Lord has made. How do I rejoice in that? How do I be glad in that? And then how do I work out of that so that I can love my family, love my neighbor and make disciples? Um, and that's kind of where we're at with gospel tech is, is how do we do that? So to answer your question, what do we do with our phones glued to our hands? I actually think we have to take a big step back. So if you're cool with me, just like kind of, can I go on, can I go on please. to the big picture here? Yeah, please. This is what you're on here for, man. <laughs> yeah, cool. I just want to make, I want to make sure. Uh, Cause really like I call it gospel tech because it has to start with the gospel. And for us to understand what that means, we have to start with, all right, well, the gospel is the good news that God saves sinners. But like we have to recognize that comes with really bad news, right? There's no good news in this case without the predicated bad news. So being a sinner is a big deal. Uh, oftentimes when I, when I grew up in the church, um, I heard sinner a lot. You're a sinner. Jesus loves you. And I'm like, sweet. It's like teddy bear Jesus, right? He's given everybody free cupcakes called salvation and like high fives all around. But the whole sinner piece didn't really make sense to me. So uh, sinner doesn't mean like we get it. We're Ephesians 2.1. You were dead in your sin. I'm like, all right, dead is bad. Right. But like, it's fairly passive. I'm like, okay, like it's bad. I get it. I don't want to be a sinner, but like God still loves me. So I'm all good. Right. And we're like, well, no, it actually is significantly worse than that. Like I'm not just passive in the process. Romans eight actually tells me that I'm an enemy of God. So it says that I set my mind on the things of the flesh. Set is an action. I'm not just dead floating in an ocean of sin. Like I'm swimming in it. That's a good I'm point. I'm equipping an army to fight the Lord of the heavens. Yeah. And that's bad, right? Like I, I know we're like, you're in the military. So let's use a combat analogy here. Like if you show up for combat armed, wearing the other team's colors, that makes you a target. Yeah, right. You're exactly. not a civilian. You're not an innocent. It's not collateral damage. Like you are an enemy and you got taken down in combat. And that's who we are before the gospel has been in fighting his kingdom, setting up our own. And then you get to the good news, the but God, right? If you go to Ephesians 2, 4, but God being rich in mercy because of the great love with which he loved us, sent his son to die for us while we were still sinners, right? It's not because we were good enough and got picked for God's holy kickball team. Like we were saved as sinners. Right. And then we're saved for Ephesians 2, 10, for good works. So the gospel is we're really bad fighting God. Uh, if you go to Romans 8, 8, it actually says that we are hostile to God. We hate him in our sin. That's really, really important. When we, when we look at our tech use, I got to look at why am I using it? The websites I visit, right? My search history is going to say a lot, right? People always tell you, you can look at your bank account and know what you value. Like, same thing with our search history. Like, look at your phone use, look at your tech use for this week. It's going to tell you something about what you value and what you prioritize. So I think in COVID-19, we have to do more than just not use tech, right? We have to pursue the gospel and pursue that idea that we are saved, not just from sin. Hey, great God, thanks for your salvation. High five. But we are saved for good works 
so that we can tell other people, right? We're to love God, to love our neighbor as ourselves and to make disciples. And so our tech has to bend to that, right? If I believe that God saved me for those things, then that should change where and how I spend my time. It should change how I treat people online. It should change what I watch and when I watch it. And uh, the entire priority of, of my life should then submit to that idea. So we start with that gospel. Um, and out of that, then we get a look at, all right, well, where am I using? How am I using it? Uh, is this really a tool that I'm using to develop the skills and gifts and interests God's given me? Or am I using it as a distraction, am I self-medicating? Am I running away from hard conversations with people in my life? Right. If you're married with your spouse, right? Um, and I, that is, I think, where we need to really drill into because there is, there is more time to be online. And there are some great things we can do with that. Uh, they're obviously like we're on zoom right now. This yeah. is great. I love this. Uh, and there are some things that we get into. We're like, man, like that was somewhere I should not have been. And I, I took that one big time. So I think that's where the conversation has to start at least. Yeah. Well, and, and I'm just kind of wanting to take what you're saying and maybe look at it through the lens of a young 20 year old, you know, I'm, I'm yeah. hearing what you're saying. I'm like, well, what if that sounds a little too legalistic? Like, don't I actually have some time to myself? Don't I, yeah. am I not just allowed to just be like, do I always have to be doing this gospel thing or, you know, doesn't God give me grace and just allow me to just want to veg out? I mean, what, what's wrong with that? So what's your yeah. response? Yeah. And I, I absolutely love that. And I think that's a, a, a awesome place to start because you are asking those big questions about your time, right? Uh, please don't hear this as legalism. In fact, this is the opposite of legalism because if I get you just to not use tech in your free time, um, all I've done is swap some chairs on the Titanic. The ship's still going the same direction. It just looks different, right? Like wow. it is not tech that is the problem. We're talking about a heart issue here. So I think first I would just say, reminder that it's the wrong question. Um, when we ask, well, does God really care what I do with my free time? Like, as long as I'm doing good stuff, uh, it's the wrong question, right? Like, it's not free time. Like, we have been bought with a price. If you read 1 Corinthians 6, 28 and 7, 23, we don't just give God, like, Sundays and give God, like, our weekends and our, our morning devotionals. It'd be like getting married and saying, like, hey, I totally love you. I want to give you the rest of my life, 24 hours a day, six days a week, right? Like, that. That's not, that's not a marriage, right? Yeah. Like, well, I want this one extra day because like there's some other people that are pretty good and I just kind of, I want to kind of split the rest of the time between them. Like, God's like, no, no, like I'm seven days a week, 24 hours a day. I'm in the middle of everything. And then out of that, you can use and enjoy all the good things I've created, which involves games and streaming and entertainment and right all the social medias that are positive. But we need to make sure that the first thing is, is it lining up with who God um, has asked us to be and what God's asked us to do? Um, because there are good works. So yeah, so that would be my first thing would be like, just remember that it's not actually free time. That's, yeah. It's God's time that we're a bar. You don't get to have your own kingdom and then have God's kingdom on like the side. Like this is all God's kingdom and we need to submit to that. Um, and that's the reality of the gospel. Now, if you're not buying into that, like, all right, maybe like take that up with God and say like, man, do I, do I love God? And do I believe the gospel that I am saved from myself for the work God has? Or do I just kind of use God as an excuse? Because 2 Timothy and Hebrews 10, 26 actually talks about that. It's not pretty, man. Um, as soon as we start using God as an excuse to do what we want, uh, mm. there's not a lot of great options for us. Right. Because if, if what Jesus did becomes an option, he goes from God to a guru 
right? He goes from savior to self-helper. He becomes a thing we use when we feel like we need him, but we don't really want him the rest of the time. And that, uh, so I would just, I put a pin in that, like, great question, gaming. Uh, I would actually say this, the, the main way that I use in my own life to know if my tech is healthy is I use just a little acronym called a reset. Uh, and it's, it's pretty straightforward. I simply go, all right, when I look at my tech, the way I game, use my social media, we're specifically co- talking about entertainment tech and I'll maybe break this out in just a minute. Uh, but we look at this reset and we go, all right, does it negatively impact? Does it impede? Does it get in the way of my relationships and responsibilities? So the people that I'm committed to, right? The things that I want to be able to do, uh, that I feel called to do, um, the things that my, so my family, my wife, any church commitments, things I coach, right? My, the things that I have said, I'm going to be a part of, does my tech get in the way? If I said no, then all right, that's a zero. If I said, yes, it gets in the way of some of that. It's just a one. It's just binary. Zero or one are my only options. Yeah. Easy and enough. I look at my, I look at my enjoyment. All right. The stuff that I'm just wired to do. I really love being around people. Well, do I find myself giving up things I love to get back to my tech use. Like I start saying no to some friends because, well, that's my game in time. Right. And I'll say, I need that time to release stress. Uh, there's very little evidence that that's actually what gaming does. If anything, it increases our adrenaline and cortisol levels. It releases a lot of stress hormones, especially if you're like me and you do a lot of first person shooters, uh, that actually isn't blowing off stress. It's masking it, but you'll note that we usually only feel as good as we're playing it. And then it goes away right? exactly uh, because the, the, yeah, there's different different hormones involved there. Um, serotonin is the one that helps us feel good. Uh, like you had Thanksgiving dinner with, well, maybe not Thanksgiving for your family. I don't know your guys' family. So maybe Thanksgiving's a bad example, but you have dinner with friends, right? And you walk away and go, that was good. I feel satisfied. That's different than the the chocolate cake eating, right? Like it's good as long as there's chocolate cake in my mouth. And then when the chocolate cake's gone, You're I'm like, like, dang oh, it, I don't feel good I anymore. shouldn't have eaten that last <laughs> I piece. I should not have eaten that. That was a bad <laughs> life choice. Um, so that would be the enjoyment piece. Does it impact my ability to feel enjoyment in daily life? Does it impact my sleep? Am I waking up early, staying up late? Am I giving up sleep in order to get this thing? Um, my emotions, do I have really high highs and really low lows based around my tech or lack of use of this tech? And then my time, can I keep a tech commitment? Um, can I say I'm going to use X amount of time and then just walk away? And can I prioritize my time? Am I using this instead of the things I need to be doing? So if you can go through a reset and say, hey, no, man, like I like gaming. I do it in in moderation in times when I I've, have this kind of discretionary time uh, and I invest it into this and I use that to joy and enjoyment and et cetera. That's great. Uh, if you're using it for escape, if you're using it to... Um, yeah, to kind of self-medicate because of other issues that you don't want to have to deal with or think about, I would just challenge you that uh, you might be in a worse spot. Um, I'm going to spin off that just a little bit. I get a lot the like, well, I mean, like I could be doing worse stuff, right? Like it's not porn. And I would agree with you. It's not porn. Uh, It's not sinful in and of itself. Gaming is not morally wrong. Uh, Social media is not morally wrong. Most of the shows we watch are not morally wrong. I'm going to put most there. There's a few that I think you're going to have a hard time with. If you look at Philippians 4.8, as far as the content side, uh, and it says, right, whatever is true, whatever is noble, whatever is good, whatever is excellent, whatever is praiseworthy, like go through that list. Look at Philippians 4.8. Compare that to what you are watching, listening to, enjoying, imbibing, reading, whatever that is, and make sure it lines up. It's not a hypothetical list. Like those are the things of God. And if it's not of God, you probably don't want it. Uh, 
I would use this for the example of gaming though. Um, when we use like a combat analogy, like video games are kind of like the seven, six, two round of world distractions. Okay. So like it's small arms fire, right? It's not the end of the world, but like you get hit, you make a mistake and it's going to sting. Like it's going to leave a mark. Uh, porn would be like the cruise missile, sure. right? Like it's taking out everything. Like it's level and stuff. It's, it's absolute catastrophe for you, for your family, for we're talking long-term consequences. It's in your brain. You've got spiritual stuff to rewire now. Um, it is a different scale. So while I would agree with people and say, man, it's, I could be doing more stuff. That's true. But some of us go looking for the small arms fire. Like we know there's trouble out there. We're going to go play some video games and we're going to keep it under wraps. And we end up wandering straight into like full on air attack, right? We're pinned yeah. down behind a single sandbag, right? And uh, and we find ourselves alone without accountability, without brothers, without scripture, without um, ability to repent with our family because we're hiding all this stuff. Uh, we're dealing with uh, video game on health, but then we're dealing with all the other stuff that we keep taking forays into. That's also on the internet. That's just a couple letters away. Um, and we end up in a pretty dark place pretty quick. So while video games are not the problem, uh, I have found many an adult gamer who finds themselves at odds late at night with access to the internet and making some choices that bring a lot more damage than a video game ever would. And right. I, yeah, I would, so I would just challenge you, whether it's video games, pornography, social media, Netflix, if it's just general escapism, if technology is distracting you on that reset from anything you've been called or equipped to do in Christ, um, repent, uh, go back and ask God to renew your heart uh, and find those activities. We don't just take out the video games. We replace it with stuff that God gives us, right? The only reason I'm actually talking to you guys today is because God did this for me with actually specifically video games. Uh, and now I get to speak with people. And it was something that equipped me with the opportunity to actually go out and speak. So um, I hope, my hope in saying that, man, is to bring some hard truth, but to bring it in an encouraging way to call out some areas of your life. But that, that's my hope is that's encouraging and not just, man, that sounds like a lot of rules and that's good for you. I hope you see that it's pointing us back to who Jesus calls us to be. And, and it does, but it does it in a way where it's like, um, but that makes me feel really uncomfortable. You know, like oh, you're yeah. you're just pointing to biblical truth. You're not making yeah. anything anything <laughs> up that's that's new. Like you're just pointing back to the scriptures and saying, "Hey, you remember this?" Now yeah. I, I know you've yeah. applied it in other areas of your life. Like maybe you you know porn, like you brought up, or maybe you're not lusting and doing this. But hey, right. are you actually raising an idol and and lusting towards this? Are you uh, raising an idol? Are you putting something ahead of God that shouldn't be there? And I mean, I love the analogy that you brought up with. Uh, it being like, yeah, it's not a cruise missile. Like, but it's like small arms fire, but guess what? At one point you can get hit. <laughs> and, yeah. and just because it's not like going to be detrimental, like right away to, to the, to everybody around you, like you are exposing yourself to something that is, is still dangerous more so because I've heard it said like a lot of the times we're swatting at flies in our lives and swatting at things that are kind of like bugging us. You know, you get a little fly in your ear. You're like, get out of here, fly but you're not paying attention to the fact that you left the front door open. And yeah. if you just would go over and shut the front door, Hey, a lot of your, a lot of your fly issues would get resolved. So yeah, maybe, maybe it's an open door. So like I said, man, I, I, I think it's convicting, but a lot of people can maybe get this, uh, get this wrong. Maybe look at con conviction and then buy into the fact that it's condemnation. It's not, it, it's yeah. just, 
Hey, this is, this is the truth. So I appreciate you being very uh, candid with that. I want to kind of split out this conversation. We talk a lot about tech and I found that that conversation can get conflated. uh, Meaning we just mash the two together and we talk about, well, tech and people basically mean, well, if it plugs into a wall, it's tech. That is not the case. So if you've read any research on it, or you've had anyone approach you about like, oh, tech, it's ruining our brains. Here's, we got to really make it two categories. Um, The categories are really tool tech and drool tech. So tool tech is any kind of technology that operates at the pace of real life and that we use to create. It is creation focused. Without a person driving it, it doesn't do anything. Uh, Drool tech, on the other hand, is consumption focused. So we are passive in the process. It usually has a high rate of stimulation involved. And there generally is some kind of a reward structure built into drool tech. Um, So if I were to be really specific, like if you go really simple, like a nail gun, tool tech, right? Without a person, nail gun's not going to do anything. It's just a really fancy hammer and it puts nails into boards really, really effectively. But without a human, it's not going to do anything. Right. Uh, If you go a little bit more specific, like, all right, Netflix, well, there's good stuff that I could create out of Netflix, but for the most part, 99% of the content is drool tech, right? I'm consuming it. Doesn't make it bad, but the reason that delineation matters is because all the scary stuff we hear about research um, is coming from the drool tech side. So for our young adults, uh, starting at five hours a day of drool tech consumption, uh, we see the rate of anxiety and depression go up 66%, right? The, or the li- the likelihood of it, excuse me, the likelihood of it goes up 66%. Well, that should matter because the average teen is getting over eight hours a day, according to a 2019 common sense media study. So that means they're getting more than three hours over that, that line of, of where it becomes hazardous and dangerous, uh, at which point we're now forming habits and we're building practice. At eight hours a day, they're three and a half years into uh, what Malcolm Gladwell talks about as the 10,000 hours to greatness rule, right? Well, the question would be, is what we're practicing worth making permanent? Like that that's our question. So when we look at our types of tech, look at your life, be like, hey, I'm in front of screens 10 hours a day. All right. Well, if you're making music or you're making video games or you're making YouTube content, it is operating at the pace of real life. It's using your gifts, talents, and abilities. You can use that to God's glory and your good, and that's going to be fine. It's when I am now diving for deep dives into my escapist technology or For some of you, it might be fishing or hunting or work or exercise or whatever you're diving into for your purpose outside of Christ. But we're going to talk about technology today, right? That technology, when we're just consuming it, it's drool tech. And there will come a point where that's unhealthy, where we start to realize we're getting distracted by it and driven back to it. Um, Yes, older video games are different. Uh, Every major video game that comes out right now has a behavioral psychologist on the team. Uh, starting with Halo was really the first game to do that, where they started going, hey, how can we kind of put rewards and feedback into the game down to when I shoot at an opponent and it it pings off armor or it gives like a, a meaty splash because it hits body, like that's a feedback thing that that encourages you and that reminds you of what your what your task is and keeps you driven. So it's not accidental. Uh, you can go to flintiron.org if you want to kind of see some more of that. Uh, but our technology is driven to drive revenue. Uh, Drool Tech specifically is driven for consumption. And when we look at our lives, we need to recognize in the lives of our kids and the lives of our spouses, the lives of our roommates and people we care about, uh, we do want to make sure that we are looking at those two different types of technology. Is it tool tech or drool tech? What am I using more of? Why am I using it? Uh, And is does there need to be a change for me to be healthy in in light of kind of a reset? Uh, My relationships, emotions, 
sleep, enjoyment, and time? Or is this, uh, is this something I'm healthy with and I just need to recognize is two different kinds of technology? That's really good, man. Drool tech or tool tech. And I guess maybe, like you said, maybe there are some that you can kind of maybe do both. You know, you're like, well, I'm getting inspired, but you know, it's also drool tech, but it, you're looking for it for inspiration. So it's like, yeah, you, you got to look in your heart and be like, Hey, what, yeah. is, what really is this for? You know, you can't easiest yeah. person to fool is yourself, but at the end of the day, you got to get real. Well, I mean, if you want to know, like, all right, married dudes, ask your wife. Like if you really want to know, like married dudes, ask your wife, single dudes, ask your friends. Uh, they will know, like I, I can talk to any group of junior high or high school kids and say, Hey, which one of your friends is the least healthy with the tech? And everyone in the group can point at them, right? Like they know, like it's, it's not a mystery. You're not that sneaky. So if you really are like, man, do I really have, a, if you're just having a fight with yourself, I would point you back to the part of our, our conversation where we talk about like, you probably know already, uh, you probably have that. And now that's something to work out. Um, right. but yeah, yeah. And I just, I would emphasize it's not a computer can be both, right? Like I'm on a computer right now. We're using this tool tech. We're extending a conversation. This is creating at the pace of real life. Uh, that is going to be tool tech all the way. Yeah. I can use the exact same thing to jump on Amazon prime next and watch a show that would be drool tech. Not bad, but I would need to look at my heart, right? Like, yeah. why am I using this? And yeah. Is it, is it help me be more of who God's asked me to be? And that's really what it comes down to. That's really good. And Nathan, I, I actually want to ask you, what would you tell yourself if you can go back and speak to your 20 year old self? Like you had one minute to like stare at yourself in the face and be like, listen here, Nathan Sutherland. You got one minute, dude. 59 seconds. 58. Oh man. All right. <laughs> 58, 57. Uh, so that would be the year and a half before I got married. Uh, I would tell myself that God is way gooder than I, way gooder. Wow. I would have terrible <laughs> Just grammar. Like that, I would yeah. Tell- I would tell myself, He's like, God man, you way- did not get better at grammar. <laughs> <laughs> I would, uh, I would tell myself that God is way better than, uh, than I can know that I'm going to come across the hardest years of my life, uh, in the near future, that the love of my life is going to be, um, way more amazing than I could imagine. Uh, and that it's only because of God that I'm going to be able to love her. Well, uh, we, we went through some hard seasons, um, but they are worth it. Not because I learned stuff, but because God was good in it. Would your 20 year old self be like, what? Or would he, would he take it? Like what's his reaction? Yeah, no, I was, I was like all about like getting advice and stuff. I think I just, you always, I guess I spent my twenties asking God to show me what was going to come next. Like God, just show me what's going to come next. Like, I just want to know what's going to, I was going to be a lawyer when I was 20. Uh, I got into Gonzaga out in Washington. Like that was a big deal. I was like, yeah, I'm going to be a lawyer. It's going to be amazing. And then I was like, I don't want to be a lawyer. So I went and worked in Seattle and then I became a teacher. And in seventh grade, I'd promised myself I'd never be a teacher. Like if God had told me what was coming next, I never would have done it. And partway through that, um, we had we had a, a, just a crazy life situation in marriage that like totally blew up. And if I knew that sign, like my wife has this like wall montage and there's a picture of us like in our engagement photo, right? And then there's a picture of us in this season of just insanity. Um, and I was like, man, if that Nathan knew what that Nathan was going to go through, like I wouldn't have signed up. I wouldn't have signed up. Like there was no way knowing ahead of time I ever would have jumped into that. Right. Um, but God was good in it. And I, I guess that's what my 20 year old self needed to know. Like, you're not going to like, if someone had told me and when I was 20 that I was going to be starting a nonprofit and, and speaking, I'd be like, what? Like how, why? <laughs> what am I doing? Like, I have no, it wasn't even on the radar. I didn't even like kids at the time. Uh, like wow. I just, so I, it, my advice can't be super specific beyond like, man, God is so good. Yeah. Like, and I think that's going to be my advice 20 years from now, looking back at me, like, listen, like God is so good. Like, I know you're scared for your kids and I know you're scared for your future. And I know you're right. Like 
uh, scared of COVID, but like God is so good and he will continue to be good even when it doesn't end the way you would have written. You know, I want to go back to something that you said, because you're bringing up a lot of verses out of Ephesians 2. You get to Ephesians 2.10 and it says that uh, we are God's workmanship created for good works. And so I'm trying to maybe piece this together for some of the guys who are hearing what you're saying about how we use our time, how our time should be onto the Lord, but we can still do this, uh, you know, because of the good works that he's doing through us. He's done good works to us, uh, in us and, and now through us. So what, what, what do you think that looks like? Yeah. I mean, I think, I think first and foremost, uh, when we talk about those good works, we recognize that it, it's coming because we're connected to Jesus. Um, oftentimes in my life, uh, I go, all right, well, I don't want to, I don't want to mess around anymore. So like, I'm going to get rid of video games and I got rid of video games for, I mean, a year and a half at one point. Right just white knuckle in it the whole time. Like, I'm not going to play video games because I need to show God that I love him. Um, and it, I mean, it's fine. Again, like it removed me from some of those combat situations that I normally would have to deal with. I was struggling with pornography at the time. Uh, and when I say at the time, I want to be very clear. Uh, I've So I've had an accountability software for the last probably 15 years, uh, but it was like a regular rhythm in my life that I would have like a few good weeks and then just a tanker of a day and then a few good, right? Like, right. so it was not an area I was experiencing any freedom. Now, I still get the opportunity to combat and trust God in the area of lust, even as a married man, but it is not the daily grind that it was to try to break free from the grip and the mindset and the lies of pornography. Right. So. I just want to, I want to put that in there. I feel like some people are like, oh, I used to have sins, but now I'm awesome. Like, that's not what I'm saying. Right. Uh, but I, I'm saying like, it was a real thing for me on like a daily basis of I'm going to trust God today. Right. There's no silver bullet that's killing this thing, but I'm going to trust that God won victory for me today. And then I'm going to worry about tomorrow when I wake up tomorrow. Um, so if you're there, tomorrow will happen and God will be equally good there. Uh, with our technology, when we say, man, I'm, I'm saved for good works, it's coming out of the John 15, 5. We're connected to the vine. So when we are not producing fruit on our own, uh, out of our own strength or good works, I'm not winning victory over pornography or technology on my own. I'm not um, killing my pride on my own. I'm doing it because I'm connected to Jesus. And the fruit that comes out of that is the fruit of the Holy Spirit, yeah. which involves all of the things we just talked about, which involves the Philippians 4.8. Uh, and so what we have to do is get connected to Jesus, right? We need to repent of our sins, which means we are turning away. It's an active step. We look at that Romans 8. We set our minds on the things of the Spirit. That's yeah. an action. If in the flesh I set my mind on the things of the flesh and I set my mind on sin and fight God, there's an action involved there. I have to set my mind on what God's asking me to do. And I repent and belief is a, is a gift that God gives to people who ask. Mm, um, so we know good. that that's really Romans, good, yeah. Romans uh, 10, nine says that right, everyone who confesses with their mouth and believes in their heart, well, faith is a gift and God gives it freely. He's a good father who wants to give good gifts. John three sixteen says that he sent his son to die for everyone. Right. And we, we recognize that so that, when I go, all right, I want to get rid of whatever this distraction is in my heart, in my life. Um, we can do that through the strength of what Jesus has already done. So it's not go and do these things and maybe God will see fit to set you free. Like you are free in Christ. And now we need to live like that. Yeah. Which means if you are set free from an addiction, you, you drop it like it's hot, man. Exactly. You set up intentional boundaries. You put distance between yourself. Proverbs talks about, I think it's Proverbs 
seven, where it talks about the foolish young man that hangs out in the corner where the prostitute is, right? And he gets lured in and she brings him in like a spider to her lair. Yeah. Uh, and that idea of like, man, there's places you probably don't need to go. Some of us, we may not, uh, I love this Matthew five twenty nine where it talks about if your right eye causes you to sin, gouge it out. Your right hand causes you to sin, cut it off. Right. Um, it's not saying, hey, be legalistic and don't do bad stuff. It's saying, man, if there's something that even is, is good that God gave as a gift, Paul talks about it later as, as uh, the idea of a, a weak conscience. But Jesus is super specific. Like if there's something good in your life, it might be your smartphone. It might be your internet connection. It might be access to your favorite show through that streaming service. If that is opening the door for the flies to come in, if that is bringing sin to your doorstep, you cut it off because you trust God to be better than that. You trust God to be more faithful than that. And you're basically giving yourself a choice. Do I trust this escape or do I trust Jesus? Um, so I'm not saying get rid of all of it. I'm saying for some of us. Now, if you don't know if you have a problem, here's a quick here's a quick way to know. That's where I wanted um, to go. There you go. Perfect, yeah. man. Hit it. Yeah, if you don't know if you've got a problem, uh, I would challenge you to just ask God. Pray tonight. That's Dear too Lord. Easy. Too easy, man. Hold on. Dear it's Lord. gotta be more it's gotta be more <laughs> difficult than that. It's gotta be harder. Like, dear Lord, do I, am, am I, am I safe and healthy? Right. Am I, um, at my full potential in answer the blank and am I, my full potential in the way I'm loving my wife. Now the standard for that is love your wife is the way Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. So I'm going to go with no on that one. Yeah. (laughs) Like none of us are probably there quite yet. Uh, no, I can always improve with that. Uh, am I, um, if you're not married, right, this is loving your enemies because Jesus told us to loving our neighbor as ourself and making disciples. Lord, am I doing that? All right, well, let's walk through Is my social media use reflecting you. Here's the way, you know, uh, his answer. Cause some of you might hear like audible voice. That's cool. I haven't, um, my general sign that God has given me an answer. It's, it's generally a really clear conviction or I start making secondary comments like heavenly father, uh, is my, uh, video game use, you know, serving you. And I'm immediately going to come up with, well, like it's not, like I don't do it that much. And really it's just like a couple hours, like every now and then. And like my wife never even brought it up and it wouldn't really be, I don't really play that bad of games as soon as you start arguing with yourself, right. you're not arguing with yourself. Okay. You should feel fine with it. Right. As soon as you start coming up with a dozen reasons and five other people who are way worse than you and all the other stuff you could like, that's I'm, I'm just going to tell you, that's your yes or no right there. I don't know what God's going to tell you to do with that, but I'm going to tell you, you've got your answer. So wow. uh, I would say if you are yelling at me right now through the podcast or through the YouTube or Why wherever you're then? At, <laughs> it was 2 a.m. one Sunday morning when the Lord uh, laid it heavy on my heart because I was a big doofus. I, so I had a wife, a house, a master's degree. I was teaching, I was coaching multiple sports. I was what you would technically call like a successful, I was late twenties. Um, I was like, all right, like life's pretty good. And I gamed, I mean, fewer than 10 hours a week. Uh, but when I wasn't gaming, I was thinking about games all the time. Uh, and I didn't realize it. Like my wife would leave for a weekend and like my reaction would be like, yes. Right. Because I love my wife. It's great. But like, I can do a 16 hour gaming bender uh, one Saturday and not feel bad about it because right. finally like all the, the fetters are off and I'm just, able, and it hit me. I was like, Oh my goodness. Like that's who I want to be. I do the rest of this stuff just cause I feel like I should. Wow. Right. But like, 
conviction. I don't really love my wife. Like I love my video games and my wife is something that kind of gets in the way. Like she's great and all, but like, I really want to get back to that. And so it was two 30. I crawled into bed and I was like, heavenly father, <laughs> would you please help me control my video games? Like help me be a good husband. Help me love you more. Help me serve these kids that I'm teaching. Like help me just be honest and, and sincere and pursue this opportunity you've given me. Amen go to bed, wake up four hours later, right? Can't tell my wife that I'm dead dog tired because I stayed up till 2.30 and got up at 6.30. By the way, as soon as you start hiding things from your wife, uh, that should be another red flag that something is off. I'm not going to tell you what it is, but I'm going to say it's not good. Uh, So I got to church and we were going to the service and I was, you know, trying to play along that I was awake and pastor starts talking about addiction. He goes, hey, if you're struggling with addiction, and you are asked if you're struggling with sin, if and you're asking God to help you manage your sin, you're praying the wrong prayer. God isn't in the business of managing sin; He's in the business of killing it. And it was one of those sermons, you know, where you're like, "Oh man, I wish my buddy so and so was here. He really needed to hear that." Right? Like you start thinking about other people because it hurts so much to apply to you. Um, but that was May fifteenth, twenty eleven. Uh, that was the last day I played a video game. It was two a.m. that Sunday, uh, and it came down to me going, "Man, God, like." that's me. Like I'm asking you to help me manage this thing that has routinely over the course of 20 years gotten out of control as far as where I'm looking for hope. So my hope for you guys is not that you will feel some conviction from Nathan or some motivation uh, that gets you fired up. I hope that the Holy Spirit sets a little bitty, little bitty spark right inside your soul and then just blows on it, man, and makes that grow and makes it burn and makes it to a point where you ignite with the Holy Spirit to the point where you're not okay. Um, with what's going on. You're not making excuses uh, anymore. You're not accepting good enough uh, because, well, you could be doing worse stuff. Uh, The analogy that I've heard is uh, the concept of um, brownies, right? Let's say you're on a diet and you don't want to eat brownies. Uh, It's 1 a.m. You can't think about anything else. You just don't have the willpower. So you go downstairs to the fridge and you pull it out and you open it up and you've got a big forkful and you see there's a note and you look at the note and you're like, these brownies contain rat poison. All of a sudden, what was an irresistible (laughs) force, right? You absolutely couldn't stop it, is now easy to put down and you walk away. And that's what God does for us with sin, right? When he shines his light on sin, right, we get to see what it is. We don't feel tempted anymore. It's not any white knuckle willpower stuff. I want you to be able to see in your life what God has planned for you because your spouse is way better than any video game relationship a outside lie that could come in between. Um, the purpose God has for you, whether it's married or not, is much wider and broader and deeper and greater. It's as big as his love for you, which is infinite. Um, and I want you guys to experience more of that, not less of it. And I guess I'll, I'll end this piece with that, man. As you're looking at your own life and assessing it, it can feel sometimes like God is asking us to give up these really good things that we really want to have access to. Um, and that that kind of hurts right? That it it feels like, man, God, I hope you make this count because I'm, I'm making a big sacrifice for you. And I, I had that conversation with God. Uh, I was three weeks after uh, this sermon. I was out in the middle of my yard digging a hole, not like morbidly, but kind of morbidly. Like I was doing gardening. I stopped. I was like, God, you mean, so you mean my life is wake up, go to work, come home, do more work, go to bed, rinse and repeat. Like until I die, this is the rest of my life for posterity. Uh, and the question I was given was, well, do you trust me? And I was like, well, that's not really a, like, that's not, I know the answer to that, right? Like, this is the whole Peter thing. Like, Peter, do you love me? Go feed my sheep. Like, yes, Lord, I love you. I trust you. 
I'm just not happy with this result. And uh, I was I was given this just very sweet reminder um, that there was a man who found treasure in a field, right? And that when he found the treasure, he sold everything he had and he went and bought the field. And we often focus on, man, that guy gave up everything to get that field. Isn't that crazy? Like, I wish I could be like that. I want to get every, I want to give up everything. I'll just like walk away from it all. I'm like, no, that man gave up nothing. That man gave up nothing to get that field. Like, so what? He sold his house. He could buy six houses with the treasure in that field. Like, oh, great. He, you know, like he, you didn't give up anything to get access to God. Uh, when you give up something that God's asking you to give up, whatever that is, whatever you're gouging out, cutting off, whatever you're laying down at the foot of the cross because it's distracting you, you're not giving up anything because you're getting Jesus uh, in a very real way, not like a hypothetical in the future someday in a, with fat little babies flying around you, right? Like not, not like some hypothetical heaven idea, like today you can have Jesus um, filled with the Holy Spirit uh, and the freedom that comes from that to do the work we talked about, to produce the fruit and to have the joy that comes from it is real. So that would be my challenge, man. Ask God, you're going to know pretty quick and then walk through faithfully because whatever you give up to buy that field is totally worth it. It doesn't get any better or any more real than that, man. That was a perfect and excellent. And, but the only thing I'm thinking about as you're saying that is, you know, you're talking about video games and, and it, you can include other technology, your phones your, and how you engage with your phone, social media, but that applies to almost everything in life. Because yeah. I remember running a business and staying up till four o'clock in the morning doing research, thinking that I'm doing this the godly way and having to hide it from my wife. And she, I, I did not like when she asked me, when did you go to bed? When did you end up going to bed? Or if she got up and like saw that I was still, you know, the glow in my face. <laughs> and, and I'm like, man, now that I look back, I'm, I'm seeing, wow, I was trying to hide something. And there was a reason for that. And it turned out that a couple months later, I actually had to decide to put it away. I had mm. to decide that my, the worst thing that could have happened for me at that point was that my business kept thriving because yeah. I would have kept, you know, kept going at it, kept going at it, but it was not the season. It was not the time. And it was not yeah. of God's will for my life. And, and it just, yeah, I did feel like I was giving it, giving something up that was really important. I built this God, you know, it was a lot of my time and it's like, well, yeah, that's probably the the number one thing that was wrong with it. You built it and it was, yeah. <laughs> it was your yeah. time. I love, I love that point. I love uh, reminding young men and families, right. That there, there is a very real potential for us to uh, become successful and miss our purpose. Um, that idea that like I have witnessed people right reach their goal of a successful business, make millions, and they burned their family to the ground. They died rich and alone. And Warren Buffett, like the third richest man in the world, would say that if you don't have people that respect and love you, it doesn't matter what your bank account says, your life is a failure. So let's let's keep that in mind, right? It, it matters with sports. It matters with our fitness, right? It matters with whatever we are pursuing instead of God. Uh, it's not just tech. My focus just happens to be. Exactly. Could be Instagram. It could be ministry. And, and, Ooh, and you, that's a hard one, right? I know because here's, here's, here's the hard, the hard thing when you're talking about good works, right? You're, we're talking about wanting to have good works flow through us. You're like, well, I mean, God, I'm doing this for you. Well, then why are you so excited about putting your kids to bed earlier tonight so you can get to doing this thing instead of actually pouring in and devoting time into them and maybe, I don't know, reading them a Bible st you know, story or yeah. something. And you're like, yeah. yeah, but let's not talk about that right now. <laughs> yeah, but look at how good I am. You should be more impressed with me. 
<laughs> yeah. And I think, I think that's like where the big three come back, right? Like we are told Jesus really gives us three things to do. Like we're to love God with our, with all our heart, soul, mind, and strength. We're to love our neighbor as ourselves, which means we have to admit what God says about us, that we are loved. We can't just, sometimes I feel like we serve out of a certain amount of self-loathing, right? Like, well, I kind of hate myself, so I'm going to go love other people because it lets me kind of have an outlet that takes sure. it off me. But like, no, like you are loved as you are and made to be like Jesus, right? And uh, then to make disciples. And that starts with our own hearts. Like we have to disciple our hearts. Yeah, We have to tell our, not converts. It doesn't say go out and make converts, which you can do at the end of a gun. Right? This is go out and make disciples, which you can only do in relationship. Right. Not just tell them about Jesus, but actually introduce them to Jesus. Uh, and that's where, so men, what I would say we need to do is we got to model this. Uh, we have to model humility and repentance uh, to our families, to our spouses, to our roommates, to our parents, right? To uh, our enemies that we have hurt on purpose and that God loves and has already died for. And that you have to make right with because you're not God and you don't get to judge and condemn and damn. Uh, you get to hold accountable and point to the gospel, okay? And then the great judge gets to do the rest of that stuff. Um, and then we also get a model when we're using and how we're using our text. So the time, the place, the content, and the priority. Um, so when and how am I using my tech, right? What am I watching on that? Where am I participating at the dinner table around others, right? They're going to believe what we do way more than what we say. So if I tell my kid, hey, do your homework and quit doing whatever. And then I'm making bad choices because I'm escaping my relational issues by getting online. Like, okay, they're going to, they're going to watch that. It's like a smoker telling you not to smoke, right? And it's never do it. It's bad for your lungs. Yeah, can't hear uh, you over the sounds of your actions. Right. And, and I think that, that idea of then priority, uh, it's not about, man, I need to, I need to put on a front so that my kids know I love God. Like, no, we need to, we need to get in front of God and ask God to change our hearts because the more I see my sin, the more I'm going to want more of Jesus to help me through that. The more evident, right? The more of the, of the poison and the brownies I see, the more I realize, man, I need a new batch of brownies, right? I need that new heart, uh, Ezekiel 36, 26, talking about, right? I'm going to remove your heart of stone and put in a heart of flesh. Um, and I need that fleshy heart so that I can start to care. And if I don't care, like, Lord, help me with my unbelief. Yeah. Um, so we can model those things. I'm not telling you gentlemen to go out and be perfect. Uh, you're going to know a lot of religious people who have a lot of rules and who drive a hard line and whose kids snap when they leave the house right? Like they just have been under all of this pressure with their sin nature, just getting crushed down by rules. And it's the Old Testament. Like just read any book in the Old Testament and see how that goes. This is not a list of to-dos. It's a, it's a ta-da. It's a been done to quote Kyle Rogers, pastor from my church, right? Uh, so when we Philippians 2.12 this, it means that we are working out of salvation that has already been worked in, right? That when it says work out your salvation with fear and trembling, it doesn't mean walk around on eggshells because God might smite you with a lightning bolt tomorrow. It means, man, God already loves you. He has already done everything necessary to save you. So then live out of that. Work out your salvation knowing that there's no way you could earn this, but that you now get to love your wife and your kids and your roommates and your friends and your coworkers and your enemies out of the strength God gives you. And if you don't have the strength, you're right. Now turn to the source of it and get renewed and get fed again. This is why it's a daily thing. This is why we don't get tired of reading the Bible, except when we just start to hear all the things we need to do. And we go, well, why am I even trying this? Like, I can't do any of this stuff. Boom, 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 right? Ding, 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 ding. Exactly right. You can't, right? Jesus did. 
And so we ask him for the strength and for the will to do it. Well, Nathan, I want you to go ahead and let everybody know where they can find you, where they can find your content and get connected with you because this is this is amazing stuff that you're doing. I want people to get pointed uh, towards you and, and run that way. Guys, uh, you can find me at flintoniron.org. Uh, you can find us at Flint and Iron on Instagram. Find us at the Gospel Tech Podcast. Gentlemen, thank you so much for tuning into the Made to Rain podcast. I hope that you enjoyed this episode. If you want to go a little bit deeper, go ahead and check us out at madetorain.org. Again, that's madetorain.org. There you'll be able to find more resources, podcast episodes, and other videos that are just going to help you on your walk with Christ. Guys, all we want to do is engage you where you are. We want to empower you with truth and encourage you on your walk with Christ. If you want to submit some questions, I'd encourage you to get on Instagram at made to rain. Send us a DM with your questions. I'm always asking our followers if there's any questions that they want to submit and we get them on here, guys. We've done a couple shows like that and it's been awesome. I love getting your feedback. Also, you can go on the website, find the questions tab and submit your questions there. I can't wait to hear from you. Until next time, continue to march. Thank you.